And now, live from beautiful Myrtleby, South Carolina, you're watching My Fellow Americans with your host, Spike Cullen. Yes, oh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, too. Oh, thank you. Oh, keep clapping. If you're going to clap, keep clapping. Clap for the New York miracle. How would we know that you wanted the New York miracle if you didn't keep clapping? Welcome to My Fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. It is Wednesday, October 6th, I believe. It's October. I am... I'm still, I'm haven't coped with the fact that it was 2020 yet and where it's almost 2024, but this is going to be a fantastic episode. Wait till you see who the guest, you probably know who the guest is, but if you don't know, wait till you see who the guest is. This is going to be an incredible episode. Why? Well, because you're here, but also because of our guest and because of me. This is a Muddy Waters Media production. Check us out everywhere. We are on all social media platforms. We are on all podcasting platforms. Check us out everywhere. Do all the algorithm stuff now. Like, share, subscribe, comment, like other people's comments, reply to others' comments, encouraging them to like your comment, in turn them encouraging you to like their comment. Each one to each one. Let's all like each other's comments and let's get uh, the algorithm boost as much as possible. And if you are subscribing to us on YouTube, don't just subscribe, hit the bell. I want your phone to explode with notifications every time we do anything that's the, I don't want you to miss out on anything. Again, be sure to share this right this very second. The last thing I want is for you and your closest loved ones to miss out on a roughly libertarian, roughly hour-long libertarian podcast on a Wednesday evening. Give the gift of Spike Cohen. Kids love it. This episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the second fastest, well, no, the second largest caucus and fastest growing caucus in the Libertarian Party. Join the movement today by going to the Facebook group Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, or you can become an official voting member, which means absolutely nothing, by going to uh, muddywatersmedia.com slash store and picking up some sweet Waffle House Caucus swag. We have buttons and we have shirts. So come pick that up. Join the movement. The Gravy King. Cumberland Cannabis Co. If you want some uh, viable, ethical, and effective Delta and CBD products, be sure to go to cumberlandcannabisco.com because they have, that's what they have. Joe Solosky is running for governor, officially. He's running for governor of Pennsylvania. He's running to be the first libertarian governor ever. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. And if you want to help Joe in his run, go to joesolosky.com. That's J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I.com. Mudwater, the most appropriately named product that we'll ever have on Muddy Waters Media. If you woke up today and said, my God, Spike, if I never have a cup of coffee, uh, then I will be happy. Well, I don't know why you talk to me when you first wake up, but I can certainly help you with the coffee part because uh, Mudwater has masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else. If you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud, you can have all of that. How does it taste? pretty much how you'd expect. You want to put some honey on that. Moneywatersmedia.com slash mud. Jack Casey has written three books. What are they about? I have no clue and I'll never read them, but I think you should. If you go to the royalgreen.com, you can find out and you can let me know. I'm not going to read them because if they're good, then I'm going to feel bad about making fun of them for the past several months. And if they're bad, I'm going to feel bad about encouraging you to spend money on them. So either way, I'm not going to read them. You should go find out. I hear it's great. Adderpan is the most horrifying game ever to be created, never will be created. Uh, you can go to Steam, and for the low price of $5 plus the ongoing mental health care that you and your family will need, you can play the most horrifying thing to ever be created for the internet. Adderpan, available on Steam. Fierce Luxury by Ashley is not horrifying. Well, it's scary good prices for scary luxurious items. That's my version of a segue. They have Louis Vuitton, Coach, 
Hermes and uh, well, what's another one? Gucci. Uh, but you can go. They have all the, t- the top luxury brands. You can tell I don't know much about luxury handbags the way I talk about it. But if you are into this, this is definitely your thing. Fierce Luxury by Ashley.com. They also have a, an exclusive Facebook group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Uh, if you can sign with them, you only pay a 30% fee, which is 20% less than all those other schmucks. Thomas Queter is running for state senate. Thomas Queter says, I run better than Albany, which he finds hilarious because he's in a wheelchair. And he makes me say that every time, and it's the most uncomfortable thing every time I have to say it. But I just did it. Thomas Queter's an incredible guy. I can't think of anyone I would rather be the state senator of the 52nd district in New York. I mean, if anyone can think of someone, let me know. But I, he's the best one I can think of. He's a great guy. And if you want to help him in his run, go to tomfor52.com. That's T O M F O R. 52.com. And if you were watching this and said, Spike, I'm going to sue you. Well, I hope you're not in Florida because I already know the attorney that I'm going to use to sue you back. And that's Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. But if you want to sue someone else and you're in Florida, go to chrisreynoldslaw.com. He will get you stupid amounts of money. It's absolutely ridiculous. Go do that right now. Thank you so much, Chris Reynolds. The intro and outro music to this and every single episode of My Fellow Americans comes from the amazing and talented Mr. Joe Davi. That's J-O-D-A-V-I. Check him out on Facebook, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Go to joedavimusic.bandcamp.com by his entire discography. His new album just dropped. It's less than 30 bucks. It's like 25 bucks. Go out and get it right now. I'd like to thank Kroger for this drinking water. I don't know why I'm saying th- I paid for this. They're not even a sponsor, but Bulvanaka. Shout out to Tehran Turks, his mom and him as always. Folks, my guest tonight has an extensive resume, and you probably already know him and like him better than me, which is fine. I'm fine with that. If you're going to like someone better than me, let it be this guy. He has an incredible resume. He is an entrepreneur, an executive coach, and a management consultant, a college instructor, a Marine Corps veteran. He is also a podcast. His show's way better than mine. Podcaster and radio host, and he's a family man. Uh, in 2018, he ran to be the governor of New York, did better than any libertarian candidate before him and now he is running unofficially he is running to be the next governor of new york unofficially unofficially ladies and gentlemen my fellow americans please welcome to the show mr larry sharp larry thanks so much for coming on man how are you sir i'm doing good man how are you doing i am doing great you gave me a nice intro i guess i better either say something funny or smart or something i guess we have One plenty of, of time for you to say, pl- there's all sorts of time for you to say things that are both smart and funny. Don't feel any pressure at all. This well, is all about, this lot. is all about, the it's pressure's fine. all on me. Don't, don't have any pressure. Folks, uh, be sure to ask me and Larry your questions and we will let you know if you are right or wrong. Now, Larry, uh, you, uh, you are a, I consider myself a serial entrepreneur, but I think you're actually more of a serial entrepreneur than me. You, you've you done all sorts of stuff. And starting a business- Yeah, but all my most- businesses fail. That's the problem of mine. Yeah, I'm a serial, but they fail. That's my problem. My 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 first one actually was decent. I, I actually became an entrepreneur because I was trying to help my mom out. I don't, I, okay. People may not know the story. I was a Marine and then I was a teacher. Hmm. And when I came back um, to the States as a Marine- my mom, uh, after Marine Corps, my mom was just getting out of prison. She was a convicted felon. She was an addict. And when I pulled her out, there was nothing for her. So I was trying to help her out. So I used a lot of my savings to get her back in action and moving. And I saw how the system was set up against her. I saw how she would always lie on every form and say she wasn't a felon when she was and hope mm-hmm. nobody checked. And when she had a job, she was a hostage to her boss. She couldn't 
you know, tell her boss off or stand up for herself because if she got fired, there was no job for her. And I got tired of my mom being a hostage. I hated the fact that my mom was a hostage. I didn't want that. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start a business. And I decided, what kind of business can I start? Well, you can drive in New York State at the time. I don't know if it's still true. But at the time, you could drive a truck up to 24 feet long without air brakes, without having to get a CDL. So we bought a couple of trucks. We can get them on time. And we started a trucking business. And what I did with the trucking business is I gave my mom 100% ownership. I ran it with her and sort of my stepdad at the time. We had a, a, she, had, she had remarried. We had a, step, had a stepdad at the time. All three of us ran it. And we gave her 100% ownership. Why? If she's the boss, nobody can fire her. Hostage system taken care of. No more hostage for my mom. So yeah. I became an entrepreneur so that my mom wouldn't be a hostage. And after a year of getting the business up and running, I left it. And I went off into other things. So she ran it until she retired. And she moved, believe it or not, in your neck of the woods. She moved to South Carolina because New York is so oppressive, you can't retire here. Right. So she went to South Carolina. That's where she passed away. Yeah, New York, South Carolina is roughly, I'd say at least 10% of the population is just from Long Island. And I, yes. to the point where I, where I call it Long Island because that's how they say it. Um, even though that's not how it's, well, I mean, I guess technically that's how it's spelled, but you don't have like a capital G there. But the, uh, it, it, I'd say New Yorkers probably at this point make up about 15 to 20% of the population. So I, that doesn't surprise me. When you started that trucking business, did that process of going through that and seeing what your mom went through, did that help shape your political views or was that something that came later? No, I think it did, right? I, I think it did help, right? It, it made me anti-system even more. Um, I think it was that it made me anti-drug war even more. I was already anti-drug war. I was already anti-system, but I was even more. I mean, that that just smacked me in the face. Um, yeah. You know, I joined the Marine Corps in the 80s. I was raised basically a Democrat because I lived in the Bronx. And in New York, you're a Democrat. Why? Because you're a Democrat in the Bronx. That's the reason. Stop talking. Right. right. That's right. why you're a Democrat. That's it. So I assumed I was one, but I never joined a party. But then when I joined the Marine Corps, my first commanding commander in chief was Ronald Reagan. So in the Marine Corps, for many people who don't know this, is the most conservative of all the branches. And most of my leadership, almost all of it, were conservatives. Right. And they were all men because this is the 80s and I was in the ground side. There were no women on the ground side of the Marine Corps at all then. And so I think I became much more conservative in my own thought process, you know, as a youngster. But then I was a rebel. I was a guy who was like, you know, Ross Perot is going to save us. Uh, Ralph Nader <laughs> is going to do it. He's going to he's got the answers. Yeah, yeah right. I was yeah. one of those guys. I just didn't like the others. Right. Um, so that's kind of who I was. And then by the time 2012 came around, I was like, I don't want to vote for any of these guys. They all suck. And then I heard Gary Johnson speak. And when I heard Gary Johnson speak, I was like, these librarians are pretty smart. Oh, libertarians? Oh, I'm, I think said librarian. Even better. These guys are, yeah, I guess Even that's better. good. So, yeah. <laughs> so I like these guys. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh, I guess this is good. And the funny part, I tell people this all the time. When I heard Gary Johnson speak, I thought he was a radical. I am far more radical than Gary Johnson is now. But right, right, right. then that's what I thought. I was like, wait, wait. Okay. So you're telling me is government isn't the answer for everything? Really? I yep. just, I thought it was. Um, but yeah, I think that that really made me think that libertarians were the right answer. I joined the party and I became a member and I've been doing it ever since. It's nine years now and I'm still going. 
that's incredible. So even with your previous, and, and this shows how powerful conditioning can be. And, and I have similar situation where even as we see just how much the government is screwing us over and the people we care about, because at no point do we ever hear that there is supposed to be an alternative to this big and ever-growing government. Maybe we hear, you know, a conservative saying, you know, well, government should not grow any more than it currently is. But no one's really talking about, you know, why do we have anywhere near the kind of government? Forget getting into anarcho-capitalism, but even just the minarchist argument of why do we have anything even remotely as big as this is? Is this helping us at all? That seems like such a radical thing until someone like a Larry Sharp or uh, I dare say a Spike Cohen or a Gary Johnson or someone else is able to break it down in a way that connects with people. And that's been an incredible yes. thing about what you've done. Now, you're, you're also still doing with your p business consultation, everything else. Do you find, is it hard or do you even try to separate what you're trying to tell people in business with your, I guess, belief system or value system as it relates to government? Or is that all kind of just the same thing at this point? Well, the, the funny part is people say, Larry, how did you get to speak so well, relatively, about right. the Liberty Movement so early. Like you got in in 2012. By 2016, you were running for the VP. Like right. you were like rocking it, like so fast compared to most. How? Yep. Because I was already teaching it. As a business consultant, I was teaching. I was yep. already teaching at, I taught at, at Yale, at Columbia's Graduate yep. School. I've taught at John Jay College, Baruch College. Mm -hmm. I was teaching what I call post-industrial leadership. Yep. And post-industrial leadership is leadership to where it's not about you doing exactly as I say. That's factory days, right? Those days are long gone. Yep. Now I need your intellect. I need your initiative. I need your imagination. I can buy arms and legs overseas or I get a machine to do it, right? That's not right. so important anymore. I need yep. this more than anything else. How do I get that from you? I got to have buy-in. I got to have you want to be here. Yep. I can't use force. This is literally volunteerism yes. within business. Literally what it was. So yep. I was already teaching it. I just didn't know what it was called. I used the business side. And how yep. I got here, most people don't know this. You know, Larry, how'd you get here? Well, how was I open to Gary Johnson then? Because I had been listening to Robert Ringer. Yes, many people I had you tell me this, yeah. Yes, many people yeah. have come through, you know, Hayek or Rothbard or so. I came through <laughs> Robert Ringer, who's really a business guy, but he's an objectivist. Now I'm not an objectivist. But he is, and that was the first time that people kind of gave me the idea of, huh, so maybe government isn't the only answer. Right. Huh. That's when I started thinking about that. And, you know, he says, you got to read, you know, Atlas Shrugged. So I punished myself, and I read Atlas Shrugged <laughs> because I was reading all time. But, by the way, happy I read it, but a terrible novel. But happy I read it, right? So, yes, good, good stuff, but not a good novel. Anyway, um, so I read it. I punished myself and I read this 7,000 page encyclopedia yes. that is that yep. monstrosity. I read that thing and I was like, oh, okay. So I get it. I kind of get it. And then when Gary Johnson spoke, it connected. I didn't like objectivism. I'm still an objectivist. But I kind of, I was open. I was open right. to Gary Johnson because of Robert Ringer, if that makes any sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, war, uh, um, um, Atlas Shrugged is kind of like war and peace for people who hate regulations. Like it's, it's, you know, yes. and yes, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be uh, sacrificed on the altar of the Atlas Society for saying this, but it, it's not one of my favorite novels, but it, it tells a story 
of what can happen. You know, obviously a, a very extreme conclusion of what can happen when you're being that extreme in regulation and you can dial it back and say this is, you know, what, what causes these things to happen. And it's, it's incredible that that got you here. I'm glad, you know, it's interesting. Whatever got you here, I'm glad it got you here. Because I have said from the beginning that you are, you know, anytime anyone's like, you know, who, who besides me, of course, who is are the people that you look at in this party and in this movement who are really good at spreading the message to, you know, the normies, the people that are already bought in. And I say, and I always, always Larry Sharp is in that top three or four people that, I, that I'm saying. I, and you. I think what you've done is absolutely Oh, not top two. I impressive. see how you are. What's I see that? how you are. I'm not top two. I'm not top two. What, no, specific, no yes. Of course. Top three or four. I'm about to get up out of no, the chair. No, I said always. <laughs> always. In it. I didn't say you were number four. I said you're always. In, I like to round. First of all, I like to stagger it, okay? Because I like to say like. Okay. So it, the, the people are basically you, uh, a guy named Brent Ritter, and also um, a guy named Brent. uh Brian Nichols and uh, and Jeremy oh, Todd. Those are my four yep. my four main guys. And someone named Kim Ruff, who I don't name much anymore because she doesn't really want to be named anymore because she's not as a, she's not really she's kind of taking a break from from the. Well, she's a New Yorker, so she's one of mine. Oh, that's right. She is a New Yorker. Isn't she? Yes. She just doesn't live there anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yep. you are. I very often you're the first person I say. So you're. you're All right, you're good. Top, okay, good. You're in the top. Right, you're in a, okay. in a rotating top four. Okay, don't right. give me a hard time. Okay. So. Uh, All right. When you're, you know, so, uh, of the libertarians, name Spike. You're in the top fifty of mine. I'm <laughs> saying. All right. You're rotating top fifty. Rotating of all the yeah. libertarians, name Spike. You are in the top fifty for sure. So Guaranteed. we're in the process of making a press kit that we're going to use for me, and in it, I'm going to have from Larry Sharp, unofficial gubernatorial candidate. Spike <laughs> Cohen is one of my top fifty. Is often in my top fifty. <laughs> libertarians name spike that's correct okay yes. perfect absolutely no, good. Yes. no that's good that's good um so when as you said you were already it was basically libertarianism you just didn't necessarily have that word for it but it's you're building stakeholders people that have a buy-in to this thing so that they're not just working for you they're working with you on something that they now have a stake in that's everything behind what libertarians believe um do you think that it has been well received as that to the people that you're talking with, or are they where you were, you know, 20 years ago or, or 15 years ago where they're not getting that that's libertarian, or are you making sure they know it is libertarianism? I actually don't. That's the funny part. I don't. The, the, the reality of it is most of my, I pay my bills when I went, when my governor allows me to work, when his majesty allows me to work, um, I'm, when that happens, uh, I pay my bills that way, right? By consulting, teaching, training, whatever's appropriate. Now I do a lot. Well, used to a lot of coaching because I couldn't go out, right? right. So I live in New York City. I, I live in the police state known as New York City. Yes. So because of that, I, I literally couldn't go out. So I don't tell people that. But people always Google me, right? They're hiring me. They're, they pay me thousands of dollars for advice. Of right. course they Google me. So they realize, oh, this guy's a libertarian. Oh, okay. And then they like libertarianism because of it. Right. I call them Larry-tarians because they came because of... They never knew what libertarian was, but I gave them some good advice. It made sense. And they went, oh, I tried that thing, Larry said. Let me see about his policy. Oh, that policy is simply is very similar to the kind of stuff he told me to put in my business. And yeah. it worked. Hmm. You're Larry to work in. Yes, absolutely. So this is this and is... the worst part is I was afraid. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was afraid that if I ran for VP or I ran for governor, right. or I ran for whatever, 
that all of a sudden now people would judge my politics and no longer want me. Mm. The sad part or the good part, however you want to look at it, the exact opposite is true. I spent 15 years trying to get my business up and running to explode. For me to, for me to be the next, you know, Tony Robbins guru type or whatever was going to be the thing of the past. Busted right. my ass, spent thousands of dollars. Never got more like 3,000 followers on my Facebook page and YouTube page. Could never make it happen. Yep. I ran for office. The phone doesn't stop ringing. I don't even market anymore. Yeah. It's insane that that happens. It should not happen. It shouldn't happen. In fact, people just assume, oh, you ran for governor? You must be an amazing consultant. I don't know why they would think that. Please keep thinking that. I just don't know why they would think that, but they totally do. So they, I keep getting work. It's insane. Well, I would say that it, it, there is an undue deference that comes from running for office. I've definitely seen that. People care way more about what I think about things than they probably should because I ran for vice president. But I think there's also the fact that people are seeing the organization building skills that you've clearly demonstrated. Mm. And that's lending itself too. Because if I'm thinking, man, I'm, you know, I live in the, you know, really anywhere, but especially if I'm in New York and I'm wanting to build a business and I'm seeing you and you're, you know, you've, you've grown this gigantic thing, mostly built on, on volunteers who are just that into what, you know, you're basically a living embodiment of how to win friends and influence people. And, you know, they're thinking, okay, great. That's who I would want to talk to. So there is at least, you've earned at least some of that. I just want to, I don't want to completely, Okay, a little bit. Say that. I don't want to say you've earned all of it, but you've earned a, at least a good bit of it, I would say. Um, now, you are, speaking of people who haven't earned anything uh, except a, a swift kick in the butt out of office, you were you were happy that, that uh, Governor Cuomo left. Am I correct? I'm, I was I'm, very happy. Yes. I was literally giddy. And why do I say that? I actually do a radio show, a terrestrial radio show out of Western New York called mm -hmm. A Free Solution. Yes, that's a cool double entendre, right? Yeah. A Free Solution. And um, I do it on Tuesdays at noon every weekday. And it's out of WYSL in Rochester. I do it remotely, obviously, because I live in New York City. Right. But um, he literally resigned during my show. Oh, wow. Yes, it was so good. Like, I found out because people called in and told me. Like, it's a live show. And people call in. I take callers and everything. So a guy calls in like, hey, you know, resign. Type in the chat. He's resigned. He's out. I'm like, what? He gave me yeah. a gift. So it was so, what? yes, I was literally giddy. It was amazing. He gave you the scoop. He gave you the scoop. It That's was amazing. I, I loved it. So good. So that good. So, yes. And now, actually, it makes my life easier. Um, I feel bad for the Republicans in my state right now, though, um, because they had a they did have a a a really big snowballs chance in hell if he <laughs> was here because we wouldn't like him. Like it was yeah. really big. It's still snowball, but it was a big snowball. Right. right. Chance in hell of winning. Right. Now they have zero chance of winning. None. There is no chance of Republican victory in New York State at all. So I feel bad for the Republicans. I do. Which is why I'm considering I may I may run in their primary to save them. I was I gonna say the good news. Not to here save them. I'm totally teasing. Not to save them. To, the to give myself more here, lines. The give good news here is that they have if they get over themselves, a really good candidate. This man that I'm pointing at here is someone who they can get behind because let's be clear on something. If you, I used to be a conservative, okay? And if I met you back when I was a conservative, maybe I wasn't a libertarian yet fully. If I met you and I heard what you had to say, I would be like, 
I don't know if I agree with him on everything, but he's a solid candidate. He's got a good business background. He knows what he's talking about, and he wants government to be smaller and less involved in my life, and the Republicans have utterly failed to do that. I would be more than happy as a, if I were a Republican vote. It doesn't help you because I'm not in New York or a Republican, but as someone who used to be a Republican... I would vote for you in a primary in a Texas second, even if I didn't, uh, even if I, even if I knew that you were also, you know, doing it as a strategy to be on his multiple slates. Can you explain that a little bit, how that works? Yeah, I, I, think I don't want people, people to think that. that I'm turning Republican. I'm not. Just no. to be clear. I'm not. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. not what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. New York state is a very special state. It has what's called fusion voting. I'm a registered libertarian. I will run the libertarian uh, party. I will be in libertarian line. That, if I run, that will be, because I'm unofficial. So I would run on a libertarian line, absolutely 100%. But in my state, you can, if you want to, run in other primaries and gain other lines. So I'd literally, I would literally be mentioned on other lines. It would be libertarian line, Republican right. line, Democratic line. I could be named, literally my name on the ballot four or five times. And all of the votes get counted together, right. and that's my votes. So yeah. could I run a Democratic primary? I could. The problem is, in my state, the Democrats don't know me very well at all. And to, to do this, you have to get a, a document that's called a Wilson Pakula. If you're not in New York, you have no idea what that means. That's just the name of the document. I don't know why they call it that. That's the name. That document says, yes, you may run in our primary, even though you're not one of us. Right. Um, basically, Bernie Sanders does it. Bernie Sanders is a socialist, but he runs the Democratic primary. Right. right. But he is not a Democrat. He's a socialist. So yeah. I'd be a libertarian running in a Democrat or Republican primary. To do that in my state, you have to get the local uh, county affiliates to agree. I simply don't know the Democratic local affiliates in my state. They don't know me. Yet. They ignored me in the last campaign because it's a Democratic state. Why pay attention to any libertarian guy? They don't even right. know my name. They have no idea. However, the Republicans spent a lot of time beating me up last time. Because they were worried about me selling your votes because right, they're right, in right. trouble. They're, they're the weak party in my state, right? If it's Oklahoma, yes. it's the opposite. In right. my state, the Republicans are, are, the, are, the, are the ones who get beat up. So they know me very well. So because of that, I have a chance of getting them because they actually know who I am. So that's why I consider running in the Republican primary versus the Democratic primary. And the other thing is the conservative party, to your point, likes me very much. Yep. And if I get a Republican line, the conservative party will also give me their line. So I'll actually have three lines. The, the glory of this is I actually still have enough time, money, and energy with other people who support me where I can create another line. So I could actually create another party in New York State and be like the independence line. Or if I wanted to, if Yang is listening, Yang, you want a forward line in New York State? I'll take your party line. I'll give you a party in my state. Easy day. You want a third party? I got you covered, brother. I'll so take his could, line too. So you could literally I'll take four be or five lines. I like it. And my governor is maybe going to have two. And I might have five. So if I run in the primary and I win it, assuming that I win the primary and assuming that I yeah. get the other lines, I have an actual chance, a real chance, a victory. And she's not Hochul. Is it Hochul? Hochul? It's actually pronounced Hochul. Hochul. So that makes me like her even less, and I'm not sure why. But Hochul is not There's many popular. reasons to not like her. But she's not terribly popular, is she? I know she's, I mean, Cuomo she is actually, toxic at this point, but is she? No, she actually is. She's okay. actually popular. Um, she is, 
the the problem is you have Democrats who still like Cuomo. Yes, I know. Some of you are not in New York State are like, what? What? Think about what happened with Newsom, and then maybe your brain can wrap yourself around it. Californians still like Newsom. So some New Yorkers still like Cuomo. Actually, I went to the New York State Fair, and I met a woman. This is after Cuomo was already disgraced, already left, who still supported Cuomo. And I asked her why. I mean, she knew who I was. A lot of people know who I am across my state. I get recognized often. I was recognized in a gas station the other day by both the guy working at the front and a guy sitting down. So I get recognized often in my state. Yes, yes. So someone comes by and says, you know, Larry, I, you know, Cuomo's still good. I still like him. And I said, okay, let me ask you if I could. Why? And she said, you don't understand, Larry. He spoke about the important issues. He talked about women's rights. He brought up these issues about what's going on. And I said, you know something? You're right. He did. He talked about it often. My worry is his actions were so hypocritical to what he was saying that he's actually done more damage than good. Right. And she was like, you know, I think you're right. And she signed up for a libertarian newsletter. So, wow. so let's hope she actually gets one. So, yes. So people still do support him. Now, that group of Democrats, they don't like our AG. Our AG is a woman called Tish James. Now, in most states, AG stands for attorney general. In New York state, it stands for aspiring governor. So it's a little <laughs> bit different in my state, right? Slightly so just to make sure. Because uh, Cuomo was an AG. Spitzer was an AG. Right. Trish J- uh, Tish James is an AG. She's the one who took him down. So of those Democrats who are mad at her, they're getting behind Hochul. So already several people have oh, already okay. endorsed her and she hasn't announced she's running. And they're doing it early on because Tis James has made an error. She is waiting to decide whether or not she's going to run or not. She should have decided immediately. And she didn't. So they're trying to get all the endorsements out early before Tis James announces. To crowd her out. That's actually That's smart correct. that they're doing that. Now let's talk about some solutions here. So you, uh, speaking of leaving, uh, uh, Cuomo's left. But we also see a massive, every year, a massive outflow of people from New York to the point that New York's actually lost a congressional seat uh, in the House in this last redistricting or this last. We lost two million people in the last eleven in the last eleven years. A net loss of two million people. Yep. Which means way more people left because that includes births. Wow. Holy crap. And that's, so what would you... And at least ahead. half a million of that's COVID. So what would you... Wow. So what would you say are, are like the main state policies that are contributing to this outflow? And, and, and what would you want to do to, to ameliorate that, put an end to it, and, and maybe even attract people to your state? Yeah. Um, without question, the biggest issue that affects everything else, it, believe it or not, it's the budget. The budget affects everything else. No. The budget has gone up from about 180 billion to now 215 billion. Meanwhile, we're losing people. You can just do regular math and figure out that's not going to go well, right? Our debt's about 400 billion. Our budget, the only thing larger than our budget is 20 countries and California. That's it. God. That's how big our budget is 20 wow. countries and California. We are bigger than everything else on the planet. That's how big our budget is. Here's the best part about it. We still have shitty service. Isn't that amazing? That big and still have terrible service. Florida, 
has more people than we have and half our budget. And he's the best part, no state income tax. Florida has no state income tax, more people than us and half our budget. We're doing something wrong. Now, why does that matter? Because that means that because of that, our because our budget's so big, grifting is everywhere. It's too juicy. People right. can't get rid of the grift. They grift us on our environment. They grift us on our education. Oh my God, do they grift us on education? They grift us on Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare. We get grifted everywhere because it's so juicy. And we've spent so much time pushing everything to our Albany. All you got to do is send a couple of goons to Albany and you come home with literally a billion dollars. Why wouldn't you do that, right? We right. Beg, we're begging you to grift us. Yep. So we, yep. we're terrible. So there's a couple of things we can do, which are kind of radical, but I think both of them are important. Number one, we have to find a way of paying for our education. According to New York State, education's a right. In my state, it's a right, which means the government has to pay for it. We have to pay according to the Constitution for grades 1 through 12. That's required. However, we don't have to pay for it through property tax. That's not in the Constitution. But that's how we pay for it. We could just write a check if we wanted to. Here's what we do. It is legal for New York State to create its own currency as long as it doesn't cross borders. Other, other states have it. I think Idaho has it. I think Utah has it. So other states have their own currency. So we should create our own currency, either through gold back or through cryptocurrency. Now, in New York State, here's the best part. New York State's another law. There's no gold mines in New York State. Why? According to New York State, if you mine gold, that's owned by New York State. Thank you for that, my friend. I'll be taking that. That's how New York State works. So we have two options. Option one, we borrow the gold or buy the gold on, on loan and then begin a, begin a currency based upon that. Or we do cryptocurrency, either one. I'm not sure which is the right answer yet. I'm putting my, my uh, policy team together this week and next week. I'm not sure which is the right way. The problem with the cryptocurrency is do you link it to the dollar? Do you allow investments? Right, right. I'm not sure where we go with that. So I'm not sure which one is the right answer. But you create a coin. You might say, well, Larry, People don't use coins. You're right. Why would you use a coin? I know why. When I'm going to give you a $70 billion market, which is our education budget. So I'm going to give you a $70 billion budget to use. You now have an environment, a market, which is $70 billion. Well, Larry, why would anyone do it? Because the two largest lobbyists in my state are real estate and finance. What do bankers love? Well, bankers love two things. Number one, more than anything, they love Guaranteed government money. Man, they love that. The second thing bankers love, transaction fees for doing nothing. Boy, they love that too. So I'm going to let the bankers translate or transfer our New York State education coin into dollars for a small fee. They're going to love that. This way, now we can start paying directly from Albany to the districts based upon the number of students they have, which means by default, the money follows the child. Hmm, wouldn't that be nice? By default, no need for grants because you'll get your money. Not just that, currently in New York State, if you don't spend your budget, you lose it, which is the end of every year, people spend a whole lot of time throwing money away. Yep. But yep, what yep. if you just got your money and if you didn't use it, you could just keep it. No need for grifting right there, is there? Not just that, the money goes to the district. There's about, what I think it's about 500 districts in New York State. That's 500 separate grifts. That's not really worth it, is it? Corruption is going to go down a whole lot. You don't get a billion dollars for sending goons out. You got to send 500 goons out. And there's no way you're near a couple billion dollars in that grift. Right. By default, corruption goes down. I've just reduced corruption. 
I've just allowed students to the money to, to follow the student. You take on top of the dollars that we spend right now, New York spends about twenty six, twenty seven thousand dollars per student. Highest in the country and usually rank around thirty seventh in, in the nation. That's what we get for our max dollars. So I'm going to drop it to about eighteen thousand. Larry, how can you do that? Here's why. Once I do that, the federal government will be angry. They will say, you can't do that, Larry, because we need to make sure that we control you. I don't care if you control me. Why? I have my own money now. I don't need yours anymore. Right. So the $6 billion that our federal government gives us every single year, I'll say, no, thank you. And then they won't be able to fight us anymore, which means all of those administrators who are because of federal guidelines go away. Go away. The average teacher in New York State gets about $80,000 $80, a year average across New York State. Our teachers are, by the way, our teachers in New York State, we're fine. We're not Kansas. You know, we're, we're, we're good about Oklahoma. New York, New York State teachers are fine. But our administrators get over double as average. Yep. Yep. There are many, many districts in New York State where there are more administrators than teachers. Yep. And they often and are in a separate building, almost, nowhere near students. And almost all of it is federal compliance. Bingo. Those all go away. I've just created a surplus in every single school district. I can remove all of those things. Everybody saves money. Teachers are happier. We can ship. But you add on top of that, if there is, for example, $18,000 per student, you can allow for a $4,000 credit for anyone to go to private school or homeschool. Easy day. So now you can also increase homeschooling and private schooling because now you got a little bit of cash inside to make that happen. You pay it through the education coin and the banks transfer it everybody's happy. But here's the best part. For the average New Yorker, guess how much school tax is part of their property tax? About 50%. I will have lowered every New Yorker's property tax by about 50%. Right. When that happens, I've stabilized rents across the state and maybe more people can retire in the state because they're not paying that much in property tax. And I've just taken out about 60 to $70 billion off of my budget. It went from 220, 215, to about 150, give or take in that area, something like that. I just dropped that to my budget like that. Boom, I made a surplus. But I'm still not done. I got one more left. The next one is we have to find a way to pay for Medicaid, Medicare. Massive in my state. Again, about $60, $70 billion every year just in that. And most of that is from the actual counties. They have to pay half. Right, so they get right, right. unfunded mandates to where most counties, maybe 80 to 90% of their budget is already sucked up. They can't even fix their own roads. They got no money. What does that mean they do? They use law enforcement as a profit center because they had no option. Revenue so they're fining, yep. feeing, taxing, yep. Yep. all the things they yep. can with law enforcement. But all of a sudden, I change those rules. And I say, you know what? Property tax, gone. You don't got to pay for that anymore. Not just that. On top of this, I'm pulling off Medicaid, Medicare. How are you doing that, Larry? By creating a fund. That's how Norway does it. That's how Singapore does it. That's how lots of people, countries do it. You create a fund. China does it. Saudi Arabia does it. They'll do it that way, right? So I'm going to create a fund. One of two things or a combination is give or take 4 million square miles of government-owned land in New York State. Lease that out and or, depending on how I work this, you build a nuclear power plant, three of them in the north country of New York State. They can be built hopefully within three to four years, I hope, maybe six or seven, depends on how, how we work this and how hard the, the federal government actually fights me because they will fight me and sue me. That's going yeah. to happen. Yep. The question is, how long can I get around just doing it anyway? Once we do that, three separate grids, which makes us safe from cyber attack. And we now, instead of selling a buying uh, energy, we now sell it. All the extra um, energy goes to two things. One, 
supporting a blockchain mining uh, group in the, the North country, which we need desperately more businesses and stuff. And maybe even we'll support our, um, our cryptocurrency. If we have that, if we go that route and with that, we now can send energy down South to New York state for desalinization plant, no more water issues going into New York city and now hydropower in New York city, which makes that work also. And all the extra money we get from selling goes into that fund to help pay for Medicaid, Medicare, pulling that out of our counties also. So now all of a sudden I've taken out, give or take $130 billion out of my budget. I've freed up more space for my teachers. I freed up more space for my counties that have more localized control. And best off, if I do that, I can end my state income tax within four years. I won't require it anymore. It's only about $50 billion of my budget. I'm dropping about $130 billion. I still got a surplus. So not only have you fixed the problem short term by interestingly enough the the currency part of that is actually returning to the way that states used to fund their budgets was through their own specie uh, uh currencies that they'd have in state but you're also creating things that eliminate the need for a tax and then eventually once you've stabilized those unfunded mandates those can eventually be privatized when you don't need the state revenue anymore yes yes and if you lower the uh, price, if you're able to successfully, and I would imagine three power plants would do this, greatly lower the price of energy, that's naturally going to bring the Bitcoin miners and the blockchain developers and the, the all of the people in the tech and energy sectors and, and everyone that's make, using all this energy to develop because it's cheaper there. That's the point. We've lost all those, right? New York State has been very bad with new things. We don't like new things. We like old money. That's what New York State likes, old money. Well, we haven't realized something. Back in the day, tech used to follow finance. Not anymore. Finance follows tech. So all finance is leaving my state. It's all going to California and Texas, Austin and San Francisco. It's all going there. And to a small amount, Wyoming and a small amount, um, uh, Miami and Orlando. But mostly it's going to San Francisco and Austin. It's all packing up and leaving. Well, come back. I got some freebies for you. So come on back. All good. I want business to come back to my state. My number one issue is I say it all the time. Our movement is not actually about freedom. It isn't. Our movement's actually about happiness. Freedom and liberty are a means to an end. And the end is happiness. We have to realize something. There's a lot of people who don't want to be free. There's yeah. a lot of people who don't even understand liberty. But everybody wants to be happy. And the only way I can make people happy is by providing an environment that allows people to be happy. That's the number one thing. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Our divorce papers from the UK were all about that. And we've forgotten that. Happy people in my state, guess what? Happy people don't commit crimes. Happy people grow businesses. Happy people retire here. Happy people grow their careers here. Happy people go to school here. Happy people have big families here. That's what I want. I want happy New Yorkers. I'm going to have a better New York. I say it all the time. New York is an amazing, wonderful state. It's our government that sucks. You fix our government, my state's amazing. That's all it takes. I like it. Listen, man. I mean, you know, I'm an ANCAP, but I like policies that are actual, like, dare I say, pragmatic steps towards a freer society. So you got me. I, I have, I know you have limited time, so I'm going to ask you this question. No, but I want to now but, bring up this last piece, if I could, which you just said. I'm going to cover this. Sure. I have four hardcore rules to my policies. And I follow them yeah. almost 100%. There's some minor exceptions. Four things matter. And you see in every policy. Number one. Never a new tax, fine, or fee, ever. That's yep. 100% no. Second, no force. None of my policies require force or enforcement. Oh, no extra yep. law enforcement, none. 
Yep. Never, none, nothing I said requires any more law enforcement. None whatsoever. No more no force. Third, if I ever have to support people, I always focus on two types, the middle class and the working poor. That's who I focus on helping. Why not help the very poor? Because who actually helps the working poor? The working poor and the middle class. They're the ones who actually go to soup kitchens. They're the ones who actually help out. And the wealthy are good. They don't need me anymore. Yep. And then fourth, last rule, whenever I'm dealing with businesses, I always support the entrepreneur class over the corporate class because the corporate class only cares about bottom line and overall stuff. The entrepreneur cares about where they came from. They help out the people who are in trouble and they move things forward. I like it. I like it. I know I, w- I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got to leave shortly. So I have a rapid fire segment of four questions and they're as rapid as your answers. Um, uh, I've been asked to, to ask you about the zombie houses. What is the zo- What is zombie houses? Yeah, I warned many, I warned uh, about a year and a half ago that COVID lockdowns would be so bad and destroy us. I warned them that New Yorkers would simply pack up and leave their homes, just walk away, that they wouldn't care about rent or leases or mortgages or nothing. They would say, I'm out, I'm going to Tennessee, good luck, catch me in court if you can. Yep. And that actually happened. And if you go to New York's, New York, uh, NYS, New York State.gov, you will see there's a thing, they talk about it, it's called zombie houses. It's you people walk by and go, does somebody live there anymore? They haven't cut the grass in like six weeks. Yeah, they packed them and left. This is a thing now in upstate New York. This is a normal thing. It's called zombie houses. That's how bad my state is. They don't even sell the house. They just pack up and leave. So we're going to make New York not filled with zombie houses again. Um, So your website is a three-question survey for your constituents to voice their concerns. Have you noticed like a common pattern of things that people are saying in that? Like one single thing that everyone seems to be saying? Two things. My governor says, my governor will go, oh my God, everyone cares about COVID. COVID is critical. COVID, COVID, COVID. That's not what most New Yorkers care about before with you. That's what she cares about. What most New Yorkers care about. And COVID's in the top 10. It is. It's It's a thing. It's not number one, number two. Number one, number two always is some way. Education, economy, guaranteed. Those two. Education, economy, two biggest things. And that's why my two big issues that I just told you about cover both of those. Yep. And the fact that you're going to be talking about that while everyone else is talking about something they actually aren't as concerned about is going to drive home. Now, you, uh, in your last race, you did better than, as far as I understand, several times better than any libertarians ever done in your state. But this time you're running, you right. want to win. You, you want to get from where you got to, to win. What is the single biggest thing that you learned that, uh, that you're going to do differently in this campaign than in the previous one? Money. Money is the biggest issue. And I wish I, I wish it wasn't true. People get mad, marriage, oh, but you can't be about the money. Yes, it's all about the money. That's the yep. system. Larry, you didn't get, you got to get in the polls. People say that. I want to just yell at them, but I don't when I say that. Yeah, I just get in the poll. They told me very forward. I said, why are you not in the poll? Why am I not in the poll? They said, you don't buy the polls. Buy the poll. You made the poll. Just buy it. How much the poll costs? $50,000 for a poll. So you want me to be in the polls? Great. Give me $50,000 and you can stop talking to me. Just give me 50 grand. And I will absolutely buy a poll with it. And then you'll be happy and I'll be happy. Larry, why aren't you on CNN? You need to get on Fox News. Why aren't you on Tucker Carlson or Rachel Maddow? Well, clearly they're not my best friend. I can't just call them. But I can get covered. Do you know how? I got to buy ads. And buying ads is how you get covered. Literally, he told me this. Larry, we're going to get covered. You got to buy ads. You buy ads, you get covered, right? And across my state, that's six figures to cover my state. So you can't just do 50 on that one. Got to have your friend give 50 also. So you got to get 50. They get your friend and you to give 50 more. I'll get all those ads. 
So the biggest thing is money. I wish it wasn't true, but it's just so important. Which brings me to my final question. For all of my followers that are now wanting to figure out how they can give you $50,000, where do people go to support you and to help you? Well, please, there are rules. You can, I know you want to give me 50000 <laughs> I appreciate that. You can only give me 44000 That's the max in New York State. So I know someone already wrote the five zero in your check. But you got to just cross it out. Scratch four, it four. out. Put four, four, three zeros. Zero, zero, zero. Then you're good. That's okay. my max in my state, $44,000. So don't give okay. me 50. Rip that check up, put void, and do 44000 Anyway, go to LarrySharp.com slash donate and give what you can. Here's what I like. If you really want to give, that's awesome. Please do that. It's nice if it's recurring. If I do this, I'm going to sacrifice a year of my life. That's what I'm going to do. Yep. I'm asking you to support me for a year. Give me a recurring donation for 12 months. That's when the uh, the election's over. Do that. Let me get this thing out of the park. Yeah. Well, listen, Larry, you are a dear friend. I love you. You know that. You have my full support and endorsement in this. As soon as you announced, before you even officially announced, I told you you had my support and endorsement even before that. I was the one out there saying, draft Larry Sharp, everyone. Draft Larry Sharp. So- I remember. You've got my support. You you got everything I can do to help. Everyone go to LarrySharp.com slash donate. $44,000 on the dot. If you got it, you know, if if, 40, if you only cover $42,000, he will take it. I'm sure he'll take it. If it's I won't be mad if you go forty three five. I'll be fine. Yeah. forty three five. Listen, we get it. Now, you know, times are tough. Forty three five. that's good. 38 9 whatever. Any of these amounts, you know, any five-figure anything he's good with. Uh, Larry, again, I know you got to go. Thank you so much for coming on. I want to give you a chance for your final thoughts, and then we're, we're going to let you go. You tell me anything you didn't get a chance to say. Larry Sharp, the floor is yours. The most important piece always is to focus, focus on outcomes. That's all I can tell you. You want to focus on it. It doesn't mean you don't want to talk about theory. You should. Doesn't mean you shouldn't talk about ideas. You should. Doesn't mean you shouldn't talk about, you know, principle. You should. All I'm saying is focus first on the outcome, then explain the details. Remember something. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Absolutely. It is one of the, the the mantras on this show is is no one cares what you know until they know that you care. So thank you for that, Larry. LarrySharp.com slash donate. Everyone go help Larry run unofficially to be the next governor of New York. Larry, I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on again. Love you too, brother. Thank you. And folks, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of My Fellow Americans. Uh, Larry's a great guy. Go support him right now. Go do everything you can to help him. He is great. He is one of the, my favorite people in this movement. Uh, anything you can do to help him, be sure to do that. Um, it's This is a, a little bit sooner than I usually uh, wrap things up. Um, he had to go. Um, so I'm looking to see if there were any questions in here. I'd be happy to answer if there's anything here. Uh, Spike is an ANCAP, yes. Um, will Larry be in OKC uh, the weekend of the 22nd? I believe he will. I believe that Larry will be there, and I will be there as well for the um, uh, for the um, uh, uh, the Natalie Bruno uh, for governor uh, campaign in Oklahoma, helping the Libertarian Party of Oklahoma and uh, and Natalie Bruno. Um, I believe that um, I believe he's going to be there. Um, if Larry Sharp wins, will Spike Cohen move to New York asking for all New Yorkers? Wow. Hmm. I'll visit a lot. I don't. So I don't. 
I might summer there. I don't do cold weather, guys, and that's the problem. I am a sun Jew, and there are snow Jews and sun Jews. I'm a sun Jew, and um, I need, like, I'm cold now, and it's like 76 in here. Like, I need hot and heat. I need to bake. I need to bake. I'm a baking Jew. Um, so, but I can definitely visit a lot. And I love y'all. I'm going to be there in November. So here's where I am going to be. In November, I'm going to be there for nine days uh, helping Larry Sharp, helping the uh, the New York Libertarian Party. Uh, so if you go to Spike Cohen, we're still finalizing everything, uh, but we're going to be doing all sorts of fun stuff up there. Larry Sharp's going to be there with us. Uh, I'm going to be all over the state, New York City, Western New York, upstate New York, the whole thing. I'll be all, all through the various parts of New York. I might go to Long Island. We can make it work. I could go to Long Island. We'll see. Um, what else we got here? Um, how do I explain to my future kids that I voted for an ANCAP for vice president speaking as an ANCAP? You can tell them that. I voted the way that daddy believes. You know, hopefully they're ANCAPs too, right? Um, see if there's anything else. Long Island, that's how you say it. Um, let's see if there are any other questions. Yeah, I don't know if baking Jew, but like baking like, like baking chocolate? Oh, no, I guess that doesn't make it any better. There's salmon? Oh, yeah, no, there is Hudson salmon, yeah. There is. Yeah, there is salmon there. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Yeah, we have lots of... Oh, well, no, that's the Eskimo. No, I see Alaska. If I'm going for cold weather and salmon, I mean, you guys are competing with Alaska. Yes, Minarchist Solutions are a wonderful step. Thank you, Jack Casey, author and, and cult leader, Jack Casey. Minarchist Solutions are a wonderful stepping stone towards ANCAP goals. That's 100% correct. Absolutely. If nothing else, I tell people all day long, constitutionalists, minarchists, classical liberals, I'm about as extreme as it gets in terms of the uh, authoritarian, libertarian scale. Um, but right now... We are headed towards just an ever-growing authoritarian superstate, the likes of which we've literally never seen. Every new day is a new uh, advancement in authoritarianism that didn't exist before, if for no other reason than the technology they're employing. And, you know, they're threatening to go into some terrible, terrible directions, uh, certainly the worst we've ever seen in this country. And I'm good with us stopping that and, and moving towards freedom and once we get to a constitutional minarchist, whatever, great, good. Now we can have a conversation about if we want to go further or if we want to stay there. Maybe we have a little breakup. You guys do your minarchy thing. We do our anarchy thing, whatever. Like, I'm fine with us waiting to disagree until we get to where that even our disagreements even matter, honestly. Um, let's see. Yeah, and it's a global thing. Uh, Shannon asked, have you heard about the newest vaccine mandate passport? The LA city council just passed. I have, I only heard that they passed it. I don't know the details. Um, you know, I, we're going to have to resist this stuff and it's a difficult thing, but you know, the, the reality is, uh, they're just going to keep pushing stuff. Each one of us has to decide what our, what our no is. My no was the lockdowns. I wasn't going to obey them. You know, last year we did all sorts of campaign events that were just flat out illegal. Sometimes we did it in front of the police. I just did. I was, we're, we're not going to do this. Uh, if I were still in, I, I felt bad that I was retired because if I were in business, I would have 
love to have continued doing business uh, in defiance of lockdowns. It was kind of hard for me because I was in South Carolina where we only had lockdowns for about a month and they weren't all that restrictive compared to other states. But we have to draw that line um, and whatever your line is, once you are ready to have that line in the sand, you got to stand firm. Um, yes, Free Ross. Uh, Free Ross Albrecht, uh, Lynn Ross's mother is a, a dear friend of mine. Uh, I consider Ross a friend. I haven't met him, but we definitely need to free Ross Albrecht. Um, let's see here. Yeah, uh, Lyndon uh, Kasner says resistance has now become good citizenship. Exactly. Um, so, folks, I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap things up now. But uh, Jack Casey, Spike, could you open a salmon taco shack just to spite the government if they try? Yes. If South Carolina tries to lock down again, I will start Spike's salmon taco shack and am i even going to get any licensing let's go brandon we all heard it um so anyway uh guys thanks so much for tuning in uh we are going to uh tomorrow night is uh the writer's block with matt wright right here on muddy waters media at 8 p.m he is interviewing nate atkins who i was just in uh, minneapolis helping him run for governor campaigning with him there uh so he's going to be talking with matt uh, then Friday and Saturday and Sunday, join me at the Libertarian Party of Illinois convention in Kickakee, Illinois. Uh, if you go to, what is their website? LPIllinois? Yeah, LPIllinois.org. Uh, you can find out all the information and you can register and come on out. Uh, my understanding is the VIP tickets are sold out, but you can still come. They still have regular tickets, I think. They might have VIP tickets, I don't know. No, they're sold out. Anyway, so um, yeah, come on out to that. Uh, then on f Monday, join us right back here. Oh, Friday uh, at 9.30 p.m. is Cajun and Eskimo from Bayou to Igloo right here on Muddy Waters Media. Then Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, join us for Jason Lyon, Mr. Mir Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. Um, and then, oh, and I'll be on that. that I'm his guest next Monday. Um, and then next Tuesday, join us here on at 8 p.m. for the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events like the chipper little, little sun... Well, I'm a sun Jew. He's a sun Gentile. Like the sun Jew and Gentile, respectively, that we are. And then join me right back here next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Same spike place, same spike time for another fantastic episode of My Fellow Americans. I really appreciate you guys being here. Uh, I love the audience. Oh, be sure. Where are we? Do I not have the subscribe? Thing? Yes. Be sure to subscribe, folks. You definitely want to subscribe. If you become a member of uh, Muddy Waters Media by going to anchor.fm slash slash subscribe for only 10 bucks a month, you get access to exclusive content, ad-free podcasts on Anchor, uh, and you also get to be a part of the Muddy Zoom, which is going to be our monthly Zoom call, private. Well, it's public. It's viewable by the public, but only you get to join if you're a member to actually be on the Zoom call with me and Matt Wright and Cajun and Eskimo and all the other Muddy Waters all-stars. Um, so be a part of that and join us right back here next week for another fantastic My Fellow Americans. I really appreciate you being a part of this, guys. It means a lot to me. I love y'all. I'm Spike Cohen, and you are the power. God bless, guys.
my kin. Though I view the world through another's iris. If you slide in my kicks, it might fit. We might just unite and come together, become hybrid. At the least, slightly like-minded. Indeed, the life I've lived brings light to kindness. All you need is a sign. Put a cease to the crimes. Put an ease to the minds like mine. Sometimes darkness is all I find. You know what they say about an eye for an eye in a time with the blind be the blind. Who am I to deny? I would cry when a loved one dies. I recognize that body outside with a hole in the body that was alive. Now they find it with chalk outline. Find out how, but you never know why. It ain't even make it to the news at nine. It ain't even make it to the news at nine. That's my sister, mother, father, brother, son. That's one of mine. All these years I close my eyes. Open up the only fine. I'm in line. There's a pointless murder happening all the time. Either Lose your life or mine Caught up in the first design That ain't how it started now How were we supposed to survive? There's a war going on outside Who would want to raise a child? Whom this room is flashing by Now you have to say goodbye When you watch them on the news at five Don't tell me how, tell me why Thank you.